What are my expectations for the New Jersey Devils? Are they a dark horse? Who are some of their key acquisitions? Who are some of their key departures? And overall, what's my final assessment on them? Uh, well, I found an interesting article courtesy of NBC. We're going to break that article down. I'm going to provide my insight. I'm going to uh, provide their assessment. And basically, I'm just going to see if I'm not crazy in terms of my overall opinions on the New Jersey Devils. So we have a lot to discuss in this episode. So buckle up. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for the Hockey Writers, Trey Matthews. And it's currently 11.51 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, September 15, 2021, the time of this recording. And guys, uh, I just today announced my first broadcast since being back on campus. I announced uh, NCAA Women's Soccer. So uh, it, it was really good to uh, do my other line of work and just get back into broadcasting uh, to begin the school year. But I am now here to talk about the New Jersey Devils, and I have an interesting topic for you guys. Now, if you missed the last episode, I basically... Basically, uh, gave you guys the breaking news. The New Jersey Devils signed three players to PTO deals. So basically just tryout deals, nothing to really uh, get too excited about, nothing to really overthink. And like I said in the last episode, take it with a grain of salt. So Jimmy VC, Mark uh, Jankowski, and Tyler Watherspoon were all signed to PTO deals. And I actually put out a poll on Twitter asking your guys' opinions of those three players, which one of them has the best chance of making uh, the New Jersey Devils roster. I even added a none of the above uh, option. So uh, the player who received the least amount of votes was Tyler Watherspoon at 1.7%. Uh, so uh, I think a lot of you agree with me that Watherspoon has no shot at making the New Jersey Devils roster. Like I said, for the most part, take these uh, signings with a grain of salt. I don't think any of them, in my personal opinion, will make the New Jersey Devils roster. I'll talk about that in a second. But uh, I believe that 1% of who voted for Tyler Watherspoon has to have some sort of affiliation with them whether it's a family member or a friend, whatever the case might be, or it's just someone just trying to be funny because they know Watherspoon isn't going to win it. So uh, the uh, second to last uh, voting result was none of the above. 10.6% of you said that none of those players will uh, make the New Jersey Devils roster. And I got to be one of them. So I, maybe I'm one of the uh, minorities who thinks that uh, I don't think any of these players will end up on the New Jersey Devils roster. I just don't think it's what we really need. But at the same time, uh, I'll give you an explanation as to the player that probably has the best chance of doing so if I had to pick one. Then Jimmy VC, 26.1%. And then finally, the person who received the most votes was Mark Jankowski with 61.7%. So... Uh, in my opinion, like I mentioned, I don't think any of these players will make the New Jersey Devils roster. However, I did make a case for Jankowski in the last episode because I just said, uh, other than Nico Heizer and Jack Hughes, the center position isn't exactly a lock for the New Jersey Devils, especially if Lindy Ruff decides to move Pavel Zaka 
to a winger position. And it seems like a lot of New Jersey Devils fans, personalities, whatever the case might be, they're uh, actually uh, all for moving Zaka to a winger position because they don't think he's capable of playing the center position. So, you know, Mikey McLeod and Jesper Boquist, while Mikey McLeod was solid uh, on the line with Miles Wood, he by no means has a guaranteed uh, spot at that position. He is he's nowhere close to have earning that. So uh, that that spot is open if someone better comes along. And then we all know how I feel about Jesper Boquist. So uh, it's nice to see that uh, I guess most people agree with um, my stance. So if I had to pick a player, uh, Jankowski, just because he's a center and uh, the position is pretty much open and, you know, he can, uh, I guess, provide some sort of uh, experience, whatever the case might be. But anyway, speaking of experience, where am I getting at? Well, I think you guys, for the most part, know where I stand in terms of uh, how the New Jersey Devils could potentially do this season. I said they're sort of like a dark horse team. You can't really sleep on them, but they're not a team that, you know, strikes fear into you. So uh, I, I believe they'll be a solid team if all goes well for them. And they're sort of like a dark horse in terms of just contending for a playoff spot. I believe they could get a wild card spot. But like I said, all has to go right for them. So uh, for today's episode, we're actually going to break down an NBC uh, analysis in terms of what they were doing for the Metropolitan Division. And one of those teams, obviously, they have to break down is the New Jersey Devils. So basically, they said, here were the acquisitions. Here were the departures. Uh, here are the overall expectations. Here are the question marks. And, you know, here's the head coach, things of that nature. So we're going to break all that down. And basically, I'm going to give you guys my uh, overall take. Where, where do I agree with them in, in some instances? Where do I disagree with them? Because for the most part, you know, these riders, they don't work closely uh, with the New Jersey Devils, they just see what's on paper, so they might be missing a thing or two. Because recently, I wrote for the Hockey Writers, and I also talked about uh, in an episode, I believe, like a week or two ago, I talked about how Ryan Graves uh, w- was a slept-on uh, acquisition for the New Jersey Devils because he brings so much. Uh, to our organization, but a lot of people don't realize because, you know, look at what he was able to do in the plus minus category. He actually led the league. He actually got some all-star votes and, you know, he had an elite Corsi four percentage this past season. He was uh, a contributor on one of the top 10 penalty killing uh, defenses in the uh, entire NHL. So I'm just saying like, you know, for, for Ryan Graves, why don't we talk more about him? So, you know, if they're missing information like that, I'll try my best to just give them some insight. I doubt anyone from NBC is listening to this, but I'm just saying uh, from a, an overall perspective because, you know, I cover the Devils pretty much every day, whether it's for here, the hockey writers, whatever the case might be, I work uh, closely with the with the New Jersey Devils. So uh, let, let, let's get started, shall we? Let's basically get the gif of things. So how did the New Jersey Devils do uh, this past season? Well, they finished with a record of 19-30-7, which was 7th place in the East Division, 2nd to last. Uh, you know, the Buffalo Sabres were a lot worse, and we obviously did not make the playoffs. We were under head coach Lindy Ruff, so... Uh, Like I said, we got off to a pretty decent start to start the season. I felt like we were a very special team, especially after coming back from that two-week hiatus. We were able to upset the Boston Bruins and the New York Rangers, and no one was really picking us to win those games because we were in quarantine.
quarantine for essentially two weeks. We hadn't uh, been able to get back onto the rink. We weren't able to play hockey, things of that nature. So, uh, you know, the fact that we were able to get those two big wins just straight out of quarantine, I think a lot of people had some expectations for us. I even tweeted it out, and maybe I jinxed it. I said, this team is very special, and I expect big things from them. And ultimately, we just hit a wall, and we couldn't overcome it, especially losing um, – you know, like 10 games in a row. It was like, what, 10, 11, something like that. But the thing is, most of those losses were at the hands of the Rangers and the Penguins during that recent stretch of games. So let's just face it, we're, we're not going to face the Rangers and the Penguins, you know, back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back nights. We're, we're, it's not going to happen this time around as COVID restrictions are starting to ease back a little bit. So I'm just putting that into perspective, which is, yes, we got off to a pretty decent start. We did go on that two-week hiatus. Yes, we couldn't overcome it, but at the same time, let's just put our record into perspective. And uh, towards the end of the season, we got much better. I believe we went on like a, a little three- or five-game win streak. Uh, our five-on-five five wasn't the best. Pavel Zaka was still playing like a man on fire. Uh, at one point uh, during the final stretch of games, he was actually uh, tasked with being an alternate captain. I forget who was out. It was either Miles Wood or Damon Severson, uh, you know, our two main alternate captains. Um, so Pavel Zaka was awarded with an alternate captain role, and I even tweeted out saying it's very possible that uh, Zaka could be an alternate captain next year for the New Jersey Devils. It would be a bit of a stretch and would be highly unlikely, but I still think he would be considered for the job, in my opinion. So uh, we're going to talk about additions and departures in a minute. But first, I have to give you guys the first live read this morning, and it comes from Fantrax. So hockey fans, I'm going to give you the inside track on fantasy hockey. It's Fantrax. Fantrax free NHL fantasy hockey league manager is the most customizable, easy to use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. Sign up today for free, and as a special offer for Locked On, you team fans will be entered to win an official NHL-signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash LockedOn and sign up. The top dynasty fantasy hockey platform in the industry, Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Go deep with the ultimate keeper in dynasty leagues. Create a simple red draft league or even a customizable best ball league with up to 2,000 teams. Coming from another service, Fantrax uh, can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. So how many times has this happened to you? Ever have a trade go wrong or make a mistake in dropping a player? If you had leagues on Yahoo or ESPN, migrate to Fantrax for a better experience. Fantrax Commissioner Tools allows you to undo any move with a simple click. Among the most trusted names in fantasy sports since 2008, offering hockey, football, baseball, basketball, college, basketball, college football, golf, soccer, and NASCAR. If there's anything lacking in your current fantasy league manager, Fantrax likely has it. Fantasy sports doesn't uh, sleep, and neither does Fantrax. With seasons running 365 days a year, there's a reason why fantasy players who try Fantrax make it a permanent home for all of their fantasy leagues. Again, sign up for free today and be entered to win an official NHL side at Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash locked on and sign up today. That's Fantrax.com slash locked on. 
Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. And now the second live read this morning comes from DirecTV. So does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. we all been there, haven't we? So, well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you have without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract, so get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com, compatible device required, content varies by package. Okay, let's look at key additions and key departures. So the key additions for the New Jersey Devils were Jonathan Bernier, Ryan Graves, Dougie Hamilton, and Thomas Tatar. Now, I am really glad that they included Ryan Graves because on paper, it, you, you might uh, be oblivious to the fact of what Ryan Graves is potentially good at. But, you know, everyone knows when you're looking at the advanced analytics from his Corsi 4 percentage, his defensive share uh, numbers, and also just his plus minus, everyone knows that Ryan Graves, especially in specialty teams as well, is a huge X factor for the New Jersey Devils this season. Now, uh, can he translate what he did for the Colorado Avalanche to the New Jersey Devils? Well, you know, he's going to have to answer that question this upcoming season. Then we know what Jonathan Bernier brings to the table. Uh, everything except knowing Nelson Mandela and uh, what he was able to do in the real world. Uh, Dougie Hamilton and Thomas Tatar. So uh, we know what Thomas Tatar is capable of. Led the Montreal Canadiens in scoring a couple years ago. Dougie Hamilton, future Norris Trophy winner. So those are notable additions. And then notable departures. Connor Carrick, Aaron Dell, Ryan Murray. Those are the three players that they listed. However, they're forgetting one key player, and that is Nathan Bastian, who was picked up by the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft. I'm really surprised that they uh, added Connor Carrick to this list and not Nathan Bastian. I get Nathan Bastian, uh, you know, he played in his uh, rookie season, and I get that maybe he's not like the most established NHL player quite yet, but. Come on, like I, I, I think um, I think Nathan Bastion deserves a little more respect, if you ask me, of what uh, he was able to do on the line with Miles Wood and Mikey McLeod. And no disrespect to Carrick or anything, but he didn't really contribute much to the New Jersey Devils organization. And yeah, he played 67 uh, games for the Toronto Maple Leafs, like back in 2016, 2017. But you know, for the most part, he didn't do anything uh, in those uh, 67 game appearances except put up eight points and have two goals and six assists. So I'm just painting you guys that overall picture. Whereas for Nathan Bastion, you know, he led the New Jersey Devils in hits and uh, he was a very physical player. So for me, a player that we certainly should not overlook is Nathan Bastion and his overall departure and his overall impact. So I'm just saying for, for uh, notable departures, they should have added Nathan Bastion to the mix. And uh, yeah, so uh, but but other than Nathan Bastion, so Connor Carrick, Aaron Dell and Ryan Murray, I've been talking about Ryan Murray just doesn't fit in with the New Jersey Devil system. He needed to go. Aaron Dell, he was an absolute disaster. He needed to go. I just talked about how Connor Carrick uh, provided little to nothing with the New Jersey Devils. I believe the most games he's played in uh, in a season for the New Jersey Devils is like, you know, 30 something I, I I wouldn't quote me on that I'll do more research about that and get back to you guys on that but you know Con Connor Carrick he, he provided little to nothing for the New Jersey Devils so uh, I, I'm not sure if any of those three are really key departures is because the the thing is it's just like 
we didn't really need them. And uh, overall, it's just like Aaron Dell was a disaster. Ryan Murray was a disaster. Connick Carrick was a disaster. And, you know, Nathan Bastion, he wasn't a disaster. But ultimately, we had to expose someone in the expansion draft. And I guess it was a coin flip between him and McLeod. And they ultimately decided to protect McLeod, even though, you know, I still stand by my theory saying that we should have exposed Mikey McLeod because his contribution and impact will go over the uh, Seattle Kraken executives heads. Whereas for Nathan Bastion, it's just like, you know, when they see he led the team in hits and he's a rookie, that could spark some interest and turn uh, just head slightly, if that makes any sense. So uh, for, yeah, overall, I, I just don't really see like, um, how that's uh are any of those are key departures because I, it's not going to hurt us in the long run but at the same time they had to put someone on the list and i guess they had to put like just everyone except nathan bastion on that list of key departures so i would say our only uh notable or key departure was nathan bastion the others was just like you know what don't let the door hit you on the way out kick rocks adios uh sayonara whatever the case might be whatever language you want to say it in shalom i i don't know aloha but because remember shalom and aloha both means uh hello and goodbye so uh overall i just don't think um you know the, those will hurt us in the long run now uh this article was written by nbc station in washington so i'm just going to give you guys a little bit of a schedule update so uh, the Washington Capitals will play at New Jersey 7 p.m. on Thursday, October 21st. And then we will be traveling to Washington 3 p.m. Sunday, January 2nd. So the day after the new year. So that's a way to kick off uh, 2022. And then we will be going back to Washington at 7 p.m. Saturday, March 26th. So, you know, just giving you guys that overall picture because I think the Capitals have to be one of the favorites to, uh, you know, dominate the Metropolitan Division, if I'm being completely honest. So, you know, uh, I, I think we've covered it. We covered our key additions, our key departures, and I gave you guys a little bit of a schedule update uh, of the Washington Capitals because, quite honestly, I'm looking forward to playing the Capitals this year. So, uh, they they uh, have a lot of veteran talent, yet they can't get past the first round. But I think people give them some leeway just because they recently won a championship about, like, what, three or so years ago. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about the outlook, and I'm going to give my two-cent opinion about that in a minute. But I have to give you guys the third and fourth uh, live reads this morning. And it comes from rockauto.com. And also Built Bar. So for RockAuto.com, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to RockAuto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using RockAuto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? RockAuto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. RockAuto.com's prices are reliably low for every consumer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com, everybody. And now the fourth and final live read comes from Built Bar. So did you know?
you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. There's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange cookies, and cream German chocolate. You know what my favorite flavor is? I really love coconut lately, so if you haven't tried all the flavors, you get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bars ever, but they're super healthy as well. Check out these awesome stats. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So order today and get that grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar was also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Remember, the Winter Olympics will be approaching in a few weeks. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And by a few weeks, I mean a few months. Sorry. Now, uh, let's look at the overall outlook that uh, NBC has the New Jersey Devils in. So... Uh, the Devils claimed the biggest prize of the offseason by acquiring Hamilton, obviously, but he was just one of a number of significant signings. New Jersey wants to compete now, as shown by their aggressive offseason. Tom Fitzgerald has made that clear. So uh, I talked about it in in my exit meeting episode back over the summer, back in May, I believe, in which Tom Fitzgerald said in his exit meeting that his job, his priority is to make sure the Devils compete. Lindy Ruff said the same thing. And I just said, okay, all, talk is nice, but now make it about action. We have the money, so let it fly. Like, you're you're in the club, just 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 let the money fly and, and don't give a care in the world. So defensively, Hamilton and Graves should improve a defense that was 27th in the NHL last season with 3.38 goals uh, against per game. So, uh, yeah, we had uh, the fourth worst defense in the entire NHL. I recently talked about it in my article for the Hockey Riders when I was talking about uh, the overall impact for Ryan Graves and how he'll help it out. Uh, so Mackenzie Blackwood is set to be the starter, obviously. Bernier is a definite upgrade behind him that should allow for more of a tandem approach in net. So Scott Wedgwood and Aaron Dell, while I was big on giving Scott Wedgwood another chance as a third-string goalie, uh, I just said Aaron Dell had to go. So Mackenzie Blackwood, he was out with COVID. He was out with injury. Like, he finished off the season injured. So the key for Mackenzie Blackwood was getting him some help. And it wasn't his fault. Corey Crawford abruptly retired. And it just put us uh, in a very bad situation. So... Uh, I think overall for uh, the New Jersey Devils, getting a goalie was one of their top priorities. So I say in this order, uh, getting a backup goalie was uh, the top priority. Then, you know, get a you know solid player, then get a, uh, you know, or a star player, whatever comes first. And then uh, at the end of the day, you can maybe add a little more if you get a top six guy. So check, 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 and quadruple check. So Tatar adds a productive veteran forward to a very young core. Assuming the Devils play him, they will play him. I, I would be stunned if they didn't play him. Uh, Tatar was a productive uh, piece in Vegas and Montreal as well, but he had trouble checking uh, the lineup. It looks like he could get a significant role in New Jersey, providing support from its young stars like Jack Hughes and Nico Heizer. No, no, take out Jack Hughes. Nico Heizer. Nico Heizer is a very good two-way player. Same with Jesper Brat. You put Tatar on that line, he will thrive. You put him on the line with Jack Hughes, he will uh, just decline, and he'll be have to be a healthy scratch, similar to what he was for the Montreal Canadiens. But 
I will bet all the money in the world that Tatar will be playing for the New Jersey Devils. He will not just be like there to be a healthy scratch, whatever the case might be. I don't think that's going to happen. And that's like worst, worst, worst case scenario. So Tatar will indeed play for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, NBC, you heard it here first. So the biggest question, are the young players ready to step up? That is a huge question because uh, with the thing with young guys, it's just like you can't rush their development. If you try rushing their development, you're actually extending uh, their overall just uh, lower uh, potential. So if that makes any sense. So it's like if you're rushing something, you're actually extending it. And usually when you're extending it, it's not for the betterment. So to put it in simpler terms. So yeah, just hoping that the young guys can really step up and take it to another level. That is going to be key. We are one of the youngest NHL teams in the entire league. In fact, I think we are the youngest NHL team in the league. I'll have to reconfirm that. But yeah, so that that is a very good question. Are the young guys ready to step up? I say Jack Hughes is ready. Igor Sharangovich is ready. Nico Heizer is ready to make a comeback. Blackwood is ready to make a comeback. So Overall, we already got our main young guys ready to go. Ryan Grace, he's 26 years of age. He's now one of the oldest, believe it or not, players on the roster. You know he will provide the playoff experience. You got Dougie Hamilton. He's uh, on the rise. He wants to win a Norris Trophy. Uh, then you got P.K. Subban. He probably wants to prove something. Jonas Siegenthaler has to prove something to Lindy Ruff because he's Lindy Ruff's golden boy. Also, Thomas Tatar, similar to what the article said, that's a big if the New Jersey Devils play him. You know he's uh, listening to those reports. You know he wants to prove something because the New Jersey Devils kind of signed him late in the free agency process. And for him to be a healthy scratch during the Montreal Canadiens' uh, historic playoff run and for him to have led them in scoring just a couple years ago, you know he wants to prove something. So I think we have a bunch of dogs on this team. I think we're ready to take it to the next level. So to answer your question, NBC, yes, I think we are ready. So we have seen the Devils make a number of key additions in the offseason before. In 2019, uh, drafted uh, Hughes, traded for P.K. Subban and Nikita Gusev, and also signed free agent Wayne Simmons. So, uh, yeah, we all know how that worked out. I don't need to explain it. So a team that looked like a dark horse playoff contender, however, that was so disappointing that uh, by December they traded Taylor Hall. So, uh, yeah. High expectations didn't work out. Nikita Gusev got waived. Uh, Wayne Simmons was up and out of there. So the Devils had a great offseason and looked much better on paper, but it all is dependent on their young players, specifically Hughes, Heizer, and Blackwood. Well, I just told you, Hughes, Heizer, and Blackwood are going to be dogs this year. I will reiterate this. Hughes, uh, you know, he has taken huge steps in his sophomore year campaign. Uh, in his junior year campaign, if that's even a thing, he is going to be much, much, much better. He's gotten used to a new system. He loves the players around him. He's made players around him better. And Lindy Ruff seems to love him. Tom Fitzgerald seems to love him. I, like I said, I fully anticipate, I don't know when they're going to release this, but I think Jack Hughes will be an alternate captain uh, this season for the New Jersey Devils. Then Heizer and Blackwood. Blackwood had to deal with injury. He had to deal with COVID. He got off to a fantastic start to the season. He was, uh, you know, carrying the Devils defense, and he's a goalie. So he was making sure that the Devils were still in, in the top 10 in terms of lowest goals against average, despite giving up a lot of shots. And then Heizer missed two-thirds of the year. You don't think he's he, he wants to come back and, and prove that why he was given the captain role for the New Jersey Devils? Like, come on. Nico Heizer is ready. He just needs to play in more games. 
That's why I said, Nico Heizer, go back home to Switzerland and play overseas and, and get your footing back underneath you so that way you can come ready this season. So, yes, we look great on paper, but guess what? We got a playoff experience now. I, I talked about uh, Ryan Graves. I talked about Thomas Tatar, Dougie Hamilton. Jonathan Bernier won a Stanley Cup. The team he did it against is irrelevant, but he won a Stanley Cup. So we have the experience now. Uh, you, you think uh, Dougie Hamilton, uh, I think he's going to try to get some pointers from P.K. Subban, a washed-up P.K. Subban on how to win the Norris Trophy. And then uh, let's look at what uh, NBC has the expectations for the Devils. So the one X factor is that we are in a competitive division. So uh, according to the article, uh, the author says, I don't see them going from non-playoff team to division contender with one good offseason. Okay, that's a fair assessment. Hughes and Heizer are both very good, but not elite yet. That is also a very fair statement. The Devils should be better in net with Bernier taking some of the pressure off Blackwood. Once again, I agree with that. But still haven't seen enough from Blackwood to make me confident he can be a shutdown number one goalie. Well, here's the thing. He had to deal with COVID last year, and he was injured. So, you know, you got to give him a fair assessment. We will get a better glimpse of New Jersey's potential when Subban's contract comes off the books next season, allowing them for more cap flexibility. For now, the Devils should be a bubble team to reach the playoffs, but I don't see them being able to do much better beyond that. Again, fair assessment, and I will wholeheartedly agree with that. We are a dark horse. We can be a bubble team, and we can just, like, you know, be there but you know if we get to the playoffs i i i would uh, say okay i expected that but if we didn't make the playoffs i would be like okay you know what that was probably going to happen this year anyway so i i wouldn't have strong feelings e either way to the opposition because i feel like we can be a dark horse but at the same time you know I, I do have to keep my expectations mild because it's just like we don't want to jump the gun on anything but at the same time, it's just like when Thomas Tatar, Jonathan Bernier, they're only signed two-year deals. And then uh, Dougie Hamilton, we don't have to worry about him. He signed to a seven-year deal. And I'm just worried about, like, you know, the players signed to two-year deals. Because the window will be closing a lot faster if we don't make the playoffs. So I'm just hoping that, you know, uh, despite being in a tough division, we can overall just have a great impact and just take it game by game and month by month and you know uh half by half if that makes any sense we just need to take our time and we will uh get to the playoffs as a wild card team at best so you know that that's my expectations and i agree with their overall expectations and assessments but you know i did want to provide some insight but let me know what you guys think on twitter on locked on devils in terms of just uh you know what are your expectations for the new jersey devils do you agree with uh my assessment do you agree with nbc's assessment i'm curious to hear you guys' responses but for today's episode that's all the time i have for you guys today continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day new jersey i will catch you guys in the next episode go devils and by the way uh starting next week we will be going back to five episodes a week since the season is fast approaching okay i will catch you guys in the next episode go devils thanks for listening